Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and I'm chatting with some of my favorite women in a series called Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. It's my passion to connect women and remind us that supporting one another is our greatest strength. These discussions are an extension of the in-person women's circles I lead in the Bay Area and will explore a variety of topics. Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to welcome my guest, Angelique Rendon. She's calling from London. And Angelique is a life coach and the founder of A Mindful Journey to Freedom. She's a California native who now lives in London with her partner. And she received her holistic health practitioner license in San Diego and has also received her coaching qualifications at both the Coaching Academy of London and Master Coach. And she is specializing in a unique little niche for expats. And so that's sort of what we're going to talk about today, um, what it's like to have to move and sort of life transitions and, and what that looks like for women. So hello, welcome. Hi, Jesslyn. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, let's just take a few minutes to um, just center ourselves and come into this space. So just yeah. take a couple of deep breaths just in through the nose and out through the mouth. <sighs> If you're listening, you can join in. Just relaxing into the space together. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. And may each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Oh, all right. Angelique, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? I think for me, it's just having the power of, of the feminine side, you know, just having, being the, that creative creature and and just being who we are as women you know nurturing and loving and compassionate not that you know men aren't those things but I think just have that that unique uh careness about them and we we you know love each other and we're sisterhood and it's all just great connection and I that's what I think I love about about being a woman Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to just launch into the topic about your expat coaching and just a little bit more about what you do and how you support people through transition. Um, and I'd love to just start with you sharing a little bit about how you came to this specialty. I know that it was sort of near and dear to your heart as you were going through it yourself. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, my inspiration is definitely my own experience as an expat in the UK. Um, and before that, it was also just about, um, you know, I had gone through some health issues that um, was, was very challenging for me. And that kind of brought me into just a whole new awareness of, um, you know, who, where I wanted to be, where my passion was, and how I wanted to bring about that power. Um, and really 
you know, having, having gone through that, um, I had developed an autoimmune disorder when I was at the age of around 31. And what it does is it, uh, it attacks my muscle activity. So therefore I came, became really weak. Mm -hmm. Um, the pain was from head to toe, you know, um, constantly. And I ended up in a wheelchair for a couple of years and, um, I was married to my first husband at that time. And so, and I was also in San Diego and having come, overcome that challenge, I, you know, thankfully, um, I was able to respond to the treatment and get out of the chair and get back on my feet, learn how to walk again. That whole experience was just humbling in, in so many powerful ways. And when I got better and I turned to the holistic therapies. Um, I went and got my holistic health practitioner um, license in San Diego. I built my own small business at that point, and it wasn't until after my divorce that um, I was living. You know, I was living this all in this alternative. Uh, awareness, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and so when I found my new partner and, you know, and he, uh, he's British. And so we started to travel back and forth. I wanted to do something in the holistic sense. And when I started to experience my own expat, uh, lifestyle, although it was very exciting and, um, you know, fun at, at, the, at the moment of the transition, once I started to settle, it kind of started to hit me of all these challenges of like making friends and um, finding work and having all this time on my hands after coming from California when I had my own business yeah. and um, coming to a place where, okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all this time and such. So, um, so that's what kind of brought me into bringing, um, this, this coaching business into, um, the expat community, because I know what it's like, uh, to go through such a transition and, and try and overcome the challenges that come with that. And it's not easy. And, um, I think reaching out to somebody, um, on the outside, uh, you know, like a non-judgmental, a real, neutral balance personality or, you know, someone who can, you know, has the tools and skills to assist you in something like that. Um, I think it's huge. So that's, that's why I decided to bring my coaching business into the expat community and offer these women who, who come over, you know, um, abroad, wherever they might come from, you know, I work with Australia as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and guide them, guide them into living a happier life abroad. Yeah, that's great. I think you're tapping into a really wonderful mm-hmm. a little section of, of coaching that I, I hadn't heard of before. So I think it's great. Well, thank you. Um, yes. Tell me, and then for other people listening as well, because I'm, I'm, I know what it is, but I, I don't know exactly all the specialties. When you get your holistic health practitioner license, what kind of things do you study? I know it's pretty broad. You go into in various different things, right? Yes, you do. You take certain modules uh, in nutrition mm-hmm. and also herbs. So you can counsel on nutrition, you counsel herbs, and also body work. 
So it's the, it's the combination of those three modules that you incorporate into this license. And, and, um, but my focus is mainly body work. I love people and connecting with people in that way. So I, I studied cranial sacral therapy, um, you know, therapeutic massage, uh, Reiki and things like that. So, um, you know, I enjoy doing that kind of work as opposed to counseling, although I do, you know, counsel a bit of, uh, nutrition and herbs, but my main focus was the body work. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for, for sharing that. Cause I knew it was a lot of different things. I just wasn't certain what, <laughs> yes. so you mentioned finding friends, um, in your own journey. What are some of the other challenges and issues that come up for people when, when they become an expat, when they move? Um, I think the, the main the main challenge is the social connections. You know, going out there, making new friends, and making long lasting friendships. That's very difficult um, because those at our you know in our home, and when we leave, we can, we crave that kind of long lasting friendship. Um, and being an expat, that's really hard to come by because you know if you make expat friends, of course they come and go. Mm. Um, so it's very difficult in that sense. But uh, also. Uh, people find it challenging to find work, um, especially for like trailing spouses that are coming over with their partners. They plan on working. Well, once they arrive to where they're going, you know, there can be a lot of um, obstacles such as visas, licensing, depending on their profession. Um, it can be very uh, challenging to get these things in place and it can be very expensive as well. So it may not even be able to it, it might not be feasible for them to to obtain such visas and, and licenses to work, um, so that can be a huge factor. And I, I do get a lot of that um, in discussions. With yeah, them. and that's not something you can necessarily um, figure out for them, but just the whole frustration of it is what you might Absolutely. work out with them, right? Right, right. And there are ways. You know, there are resources out there if you just tap into them. So it's, it's guiding the clients you know, my clients into finding all options that are out, that are out there mm-hmm. and just taking those options and, and making the decisions to move forward on those. So, yeah. Now you use this term trailing spouse. That was, yeah. you, I hadn't heard it until you, you talked about it with me before. Um, it sounds almost, I don't know. It's a funny term. <laughs> it is, you know, and I didn't know, I hadn't heard that term as well until I moved here and, I had gone to a, um, a meetup group here with some American expats and, you know, some of the women were like, Oh, you know, so you're, are you a trailing spouse? And I just kind of looked at her like, well, what does that mean? Exactly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess it's a real term. She said, actually it is, you know, they, you know, a lot of um, expat organizations will, um, that's the, what they coined the phrase trailing spouse for those women and men who come over or come abroad, um, you know, in support of their partner's careers or, you know, whatnot. So, yeah, it makes me wonder if there, if you deal with any resentment of people, just that term, even the trailing spouse doesn't have a super positive spin on it. (laughs) I know it doesn't. And yeah, it it does have a mental, you know, a mental effect on on women because it's, you know, it's really hard for women, especially um, to to have that, you know, that, that title, quote unquote, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when they go out into social 
connections or, you know, groups or whatnot. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard enough that you're trying to deal with things like, you know, feeling lonely or, you know, the, um, the guilt maybe of not being able to work or contribute or find their purpose or whatever it is that they may be struggling with. So, yeah, that, that term can be very, um, it can be taken, you know, as a, as a bit of a negative. <laughs> yeah, or just even the feelings that come along with the role, whether you name it that or not. Right, right. Yeah, so what are some of the things that you're able to help folks with? Now, you work with all, you work with men and women, but um, I think you said you primarily tend to have women show up for your coaching practice. Yes, they do. Yeah, I work with men and women, and um, but mainly I get approached by the women who, who come abroad with their partners. And yeah, yeah. So, so it's that as well. And um, I get approached by a lot of other expats who are in the, in the middle of a career transition. Okay. So they may have been let off on, on their contract on their international contract and they're not sure whether they want to um, stay in the same field or maybe go different in a different direction, whether that's more creative or, you know, they're, they're feeling a bit of an obstacle and some pressure on the finances and such. So we kind of go over those things um, within the coaching program um, and find out exactly where they want to be. So, um, so yeah, mainly, mainly my clients are women. Um, Yeah. And what kind so, of things do you work on with them? What is it that you help them to, to do? Um, it depends on, you know, what their goal is. If they, if they want to, um, if, say, they have a, a small business already and they're trying to um, create more of a client list or they want to um, change their brand or they want to um, be able to, to build the confidence to get out there and make new friends or you know, anything like, like that in the sense, you know, we sit down, we work together, um, on how they can do that, what their options are. So first we find some clarity around that, mm-hmm. you know, that they really want, you know, and why, you know, cause knowing why is, is, is a huge factor in what you want. You want, you know, you want to be able to know that you're doing this for yourself. You know, these goals, are something that you want to do because you want them, not because you think you should want them. So we sit down with that and we have, um, you know, a bit of a clarity discussion, if you will. And, um, and then from there, you know, we, we take out the options. We start to take out the options. Okay. What, what is it there that, that you can do? And you could take the step now. What can you do right now to make, take that one step further? going forward. Um, and so we break things down to baby steps and, and then we go into the action, you know, we start taking the action, um, and, you know, going towards that goal. Yeah. And from what I understand, I mean, a coach's part of their job is to really help you stay accountable for those actions. Cause a lot of us say, Oh, I know what I should do, but we don't actually do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, we tend to have limiting beliefs and we all do that, you know, those those inner chats with ourselves you know you know I can't really do that all right this is what I really want to do but you know I'm not smart enough or you know now I do I really deserve to have this you know and so yeah just there to help guide you into that yeah you are you know and to move into that to that space 
um, where you can be mindful of yourself and be kind to yourself and know that you're definitely worth having whatever it is that you want in your life and that you are capable of making these changes. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really about keeping them accountable and motivated and, um, mindful, you know, of, of the way they think and the way they think about the things around them and, and the goals that they want for themselves. So, yeah, it sounds like great support. Well, and you have such an amazing background, and I'm so grateful that you you are on the other side of all those health challenges and having not met you until you were just this vibrant, youthful-looking. I mean, when you told me that story, I thought, what? I can't even imagine you in a wheelchair unable to walk. I mean, you've really done a ton of work yourself. Right. Yeah, it was, was, you know, we all have our our obstacles in life, and health or not, but you know, I, I really think as they say, you know, your, your illness can, can be your blessing. And for me, that's definitely what that was for me. Um, having gone through that for a few years, you know, several years, um, it, it turned me around. It really turned me around to, to being more mindful for myself, you know, and just taking on that, um, taking on the power, you know, within, that, you know, I can make the changes that I need for myself and start, you know, help and putting that forward to other people. So I'm, I love it. You know, I love reaching out to the community. I love reaching out to people and assisting them with however I can. So when I fell into this coaching business, it was like a calling to me. I just really felt that this is where I needed to be. And with the experience of of living abroad and going through my own challenges and obstacles and overcoming all of those issues, like, you know, listening to that, you know, inner chatter, that, that crap that we, you know, hear in our head. Yeah. Chat's a nice way to put it. (laughs) It's it's really, um, it's powerful stuff, you know, and I'm really happy and grateful that I have been been put in this place Mm -hmm. that where I can serve others in this way. Um, I know how, how difficult it can be. That's really wonderful. So how many years have you lived in London at this point? Uh, It's been, let's see, about nine years now, on and off. Okay. And this this round, we've been here almost two years now. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, we're we're living in London. When we first moved here, we we had moved just almost two hours north of London in a small town, which made it even uh, more difficult coming from San Diego. Yeah, I bet. There's hardly anything going on, and it's kind of hard to get out and make friends and, and such. So, yeah, that was really difficult. And we were there for the first maybe three or four years of our um, our traveling experiences. And then then we were brought into the city of London, which, of course, you know, there's a lot more going on around. Yeah. Um, and it's a different atmosphere, of course, a really high vibe energy. I love this city. It's amazing. Um so yeah, so it's been great. It's been a great experience for me. That's great. Well, you mentioned meetup, which I think is incredible. That's a great way to get out and, and meet folks. So if, if you haven't heard of it before, meetup is a website where you can find, um, I mean, virtually anything. And if you can't find what you're looking for, you can create your own group. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I have my own expat group. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, well, a couple hundred women in my group and I just facilitate, you know, workshops, um, on things like, you know, relationships, um, you know, vision boarding, things like that. Awesome. To bring them together, And yeah, and just get their, 
you know, make their intentions of where they want to be and, and help them through through fun workshops like that or discussions. Mm-hmm. And we also go out and have, you know, some tea and cakes. <laughs> the, yes, very the social part, yeah. <laughs> and we just talk, you know, and it's about connecting. So it's been wonderful, and I'm really glad that I created this group. I also belong to a few others myself, but um, this is, I only have one that I've created myself. So I'm enjoying the hosting um, bit of it. So it's been yeah. wonderful. Meetup is great. That's how I get my ladies for my new moon circle um, as well. Yes. yes, I love it. I love it. It's yeah. been great. And, and it's, you know, it can expand. It can be whatever you want it to be. Once you have your group, you can see what they need and what they desire, and you can add things, you know, right. that, that meet their needs. Um, what are some other suggestions you have? So Meetup is great. If you're listening and you're lonely because you're an expat or not, or you're just struggling to reach out socially, Meetup's a great way to start. Do you have other suggestions, other things that you invite people to do? Um, yeah, there are other organizations out there other than Meetup where expats can go, um, you know, whether it's the American Expat Clubs organizations okay. um, or, you know, whether it's an Australian expat group or, or, um, headquarters of, of organizations and things like that. There are other groups out there aside from meetup where women can, um, can go and be a part of, mm-hmm. um, other than that, it's really, I think just about, I think my, my main advice to, to an expat who's having any kind of difficulty living abroad would be to not go it alone, reach out to somebody, whether, that is a life coach or whether it's, um, you know, a, a therapist, a counselor of such, or, um, I would definitely go the neutral route rather than going to a, like your best friend, um, or sister or someone like that. And I only say that because you really need to have that guidance from someone who's lived it, someone who knows exactly how you're feeling. Uh, and that was important to me. And when I found my life coach um, several, several years back, and she was just just a huge and, and amazing um, guidance. And so that would be my one my one you know advice to to someone who's just moving abroad or has made the transition recently and and looking for that for that guidance. It's just not to go it alone. Find someone to guide you through what you're feeling. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think, um, like you said, when you first get there, it seems exciting and fun and, you know, it's an adventure. But then when you really settle into day-to-day life in a big transition like that, you you do need someone to support you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and it is. It's exciting. It is liberating. It's it's a blessing to be able to have the opportunity to travel and experience different cultures and um, immerse yourself with different people Um, but when you, when the, you know, that dust settles and you're at home by yourself, while your partner's at work all day or what, you know, it, it can be very, um, you know, not stressful, but it can be, you know, difficult and, um, you know, reaching out to someone else for that guidance is huge. So, so don't sit there and go it alone and and let yourself immerse into that lonely loneliness. Um, because there's so much more out there, yeah. Well, I just moved across the state, but <laughs> that that wasn't easy either. You know, I think about other folks that would be dealing with a new culture and not knowing 
how to get around. And I mean, I moved up to the Bay Area from San Diego and I still had Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and Target. Like I knew, you know, I had all the things I was used to having, but um, right. I can't even imagine all that would go into, you know, finding brand new grocery stores and, and food that you're not used to seeing and maybe even a language difference depending on where people are moving, I suppose. Absolutely. Language barriers are huge, you know. Um, even even in London, I'm sure there's a language barrier, even though it's English. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, there is, you know, I speak quote-unquote English, you know, but they would beg to differ. But yeah, it is. And like you say, it can be um, as simple as the, the smallest daily tasks that we do. And then the things that we take for granted as Americans, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, just having that freedom to just jump in your car and go down to CVS or hop down to your doctor's appointment or, you know, go down to the beach or wherever. And here, you know, in different countries, you don't have those freedoms. Those, those they change, you know. Um, and for instance, we don't have a car in London because there's no point in having a car. Really, people that live here really, they don't, you know, they don't really drive because they have, you know, such efficient public uh transportation system like the underground everyone takes the underground the buses and, mm-hmm. and the overgrounds and all those things so you know with that said you you know you really have to plan out your day when you want to go for a shop or you need to get to your doctors it's not as easy as just you know popping in your car and driving down the road you know 10 minutes yeah it's the small tasks that can sometimes be well, you know, just kind of overwhelming at first and getting used to those, those little changes. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it can be frustrating, but you well, know, yeah, you probably encounter things you wouldn't have never even thought of once you're in it. Like, right. Oh man, I didn't think about this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like we had this discussion just the other day about doing laundry, how to, mm-hmm is to do laundry here because the, the units are very small. And so, and, and a lot of the units and the flats in the city are, are both they're washer and dryer. And the cycles are very long. It's not like you can put in a short wash like you can usually in the States with our, with our big washers and dryers. Uh-huh. So, you know, you put a load in and it can take an hour and a half to wash at the least. Wow. And then, yeah, and then to dry, it can be even, you know, just as long. So you really have to, again, plan out your day when you're starting to do laundry. You don't want to back up on your laundry. So. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the units are both, so they're washer and dryer. I've never you know? even seen that. So it washes and then it turns into a dryer at the end? Yeah, until I moved here. It's like, so you can program it to wash your clothes, and it takes about an hour and a half. And then after it washes, it starts to dry. But because of that reason, it's like, you take the clothes out when they're done, but they're still damp. I mean, they're like steaming hot. Mm-hmm. But so we end up, you know, we were all talking about this the other night. Like I said, we all end up kind of just putting our, our clothes on a line anyway because the washer dryer doesn't really work that well. <laughs> it's not super efficient. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just things like that where you just don't expect it when you move somewhere like that, you know, and you don't expect those kinds of changes to um you know, to come about. So yeah, there's lots of things that you have to get used to and just, you know, lifestyle just changes the way of life changes. Yeah. And I'm thinking of myself, if you're already kind of emotionally fragile and you're 
feeling like it's it's a difficult transition. Something like not being able to wash your clothes properly could really throw you for a loop. Yeah, it really can. <laughs> I know. I'm picturing myself. I might cry. You know, I can't even wash my own clothes. <laughs> I had my moments in the beginning as well. Yeah, it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that kind of leads me to this other question I have. So, I mean, what, what we're ultimately talking about here is, is life transitions and change. Yes. And, and those, those are huge moments in life. They say that um, moving is actually right up there with getting married, dying, and divorce. Or like, you know, death in the family in terms of how stressful things are in our lives. Um, So what do you notice about women? And and maybe there isn't a huge difference, but in working with with a lot of women, how do you notice that women handle transition and change? And what are the some of the things that come up that just, you know, really need to be dealt with or or just take time to overcome? Uh, I would say I think when I come across women expats in groups, um, and meetups and things like that, I really see that they're really, I want to say in denial of certain things, or they want to seem really strong, but I can tell being an empath and being very intuitive in that sense, I can tell that there is some challenge there and there's some struggle. And I think a lot of the time it's the confidence level. It's, it's the low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's confidence. Um, on getting out and doing what they want to do. I think there's a lot of fear behind that. So I see a lot of those kinds of things um, when I'm around the expat community and working with potential clients. So you probably get a lot of, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. It's going great. I'm okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And um, I know I was there, you know, and I know even now, you know, I'm putting myself out to be more vulnerable in that sense. You know, I will tell these women, oh gosh, you know, today I had the worst day, you know, this is what happened. And I know it's really, you know, it's this like little small thing, but this is really frustrating sometimes, you know, and, um, you know, I just put it out there and I try to kind of open that door for them to say, you know what? Yeah. You know, I've been feeling like that for a long time. So it's just kind of giving that them the space to open up and just really deal with, what they're feeling with because, you know, they can go home and just, and and sit there and wait for their partners to come home, you know, from work and just keep living in that, you know, that state of uh, whatever it is that they're dealing with, the low self-esteem, the confidence level and whatnot. So, you know, I always try and, like I said, open up that space for them to, to be vulnerable and to just say, say what they need to say. Um, yeah, I think that's great. Just giving them permission, even even after so many years that you're still faced with it, then maybe they can feel like, oh, all right, <laughs> I can I cannot have a good day sometimes, and and it's all right to talk about it. Yeah, we're all human, and that's how yeah. it goes. And we have setbacks, but you know, thankfully, um, you know, I I know I now know have the tools that I can get out from that place. Yeah, and that's about. So you know what I try to and and endure into my with my clients into the process is that right we're all human we're going to have setbacks you know we're going to fall down but we can get up and we know how to do that we know how to get up right away acknowledge those fears acknowledge the thoughts and move away from them and keep going forward yeah that's great I love that 
Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're available to women and men that need this kind of coaching. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you or that you just want to share that feels important? Um, no, I mean, if I, I think I covered everything that I would you know, like to um, express. Uh, if people need to get a hold of me or if, you know, I'd like to share my website, if that's okay. Or... Yeah, I'll have it all linked when they click on the okay. podcast. Everyone, they'll be able to see all the information to get in contact with you. Oh, fantastic. But you yeah. can say your business again. What's it called again? A mindful? A mindful journey to freedom. Perfect. Okay. Well, I just have a couple unrelated questions just for fun. Yeah. Um, what's one book that changed your life? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Ooh, good one. Love it. Yes. Who inspires you? Who inspired me? Just inspires my, you in general, like in your day-to-day -day life. My husband. Aww. Uh, yes, he's so supportive, and he's just, he's, he's a great soul, and we connected from day one, and he's been a huge love in my life and, and mentor in a sense. I mean, he's always been very supportive and understanding and compassionate. So yes, it would be him. Oh, excellent. Well, I can't wait to meet him some in person. I've, I've met her husband via Skype. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful that you are out there in the world for those that need you. Oh, thank you, Jessalyn. Thanks for having me and spending the time with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care.